just, just uh, how does does the uh, the waveforms when you talk does it look it's like it's picking it up and it's not peaking it's picking it up it's not peaking it's a little bit quiet but i'll just I'll just speak up a little bit and we should be okay yeah like see where it is when you talk loudly because you're you'll probably yeah. end up raising your voice when you get excited check check as long I, as it's I know like you mumble, get excited about this. i definitely will get excited about this i think it's fine yeah What's up, nerds? Welcome to episode 26 of Powerful, a power metal podcast. This is Kyle, and I am here with Andrew. Hey! And we've got a little something special for you today. So in honor of it being more or less almost 4th of July, we're going to celebrate the U.S. of A. with something that we don't normally discuss on this podcast. We do a little here and there. A little bit, yeah. We talked about we talked about Riot recently. We talked about Riot. We, we talked about... Uh, Shovel we talked about Twister Tower Dyer. We talked about Twister Tower Dyer. Yeah. But this is a special about USPM, US power metal. We we normally touch on EU power metal, the I guess more popular and the side of power metal we're more well versed in. The falser power yes, metal. The, the, some the might false say. power. You know, people say it stands for <laughs> EU power metal because it's not as good. Well, to, joining us in our quest for true power metal. Uh, is our good friend Marco from Ride Into Glory. Marco. Hey guys. Thanks thanks for inviting me on guys. It's uh it's good to be here. So Marco, who in the hell are you and and what are you doing on my show? Great, great. Good question. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for asking. So, you know, obviously my my name is Marco. I'm the uh, founder and editor of rideintoglory.com. It's a uh, traditional metal webzine. And so we uh we do things like interviews, album reviews, quarterly wrap-ups and uh, kind of our specialty is doing in-depth genre guides and scene primers, things like that. So, um, you know, we write about all kinds of traditional metal, including things like doom metal, epic heavy metal, new wave of British heavy metal. And of course, uh, one of my favorite things in the world, U.S. power metal. So, um, you know, I've written a series on U.S. power metal. So feel free to check that out if you want to learn more than what we're going to discuss here. So uh, yeah, you've written a huge primer on, on U.S. power metal. I, I've, I've only read the first part, to be honest. Yeah, so it's uh, I I break it up into three parts. Uh, you know, I start out with kind of like the intro and big bands, and then uh, the second part is you know lesser known stuff uh, to kind of help people get oriented around those albums. And then I also have a small uh, segment on you know my kind of my favorite demos from the scene as well. Now, some people might be asking, but U.S. power metal is that is that just power metal from the U.S. like like Theocracy, like Judicator, like you know we talk about bands like that all the time. Well, what what is U.S. power metal. That's a good question. You know, it's 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 easy to mix it up, right? So uh, there is U.S. power metal in the sense of power metal from the USA, right? But uh, when we talk about USPM, United States power metal, we're we're talking about uh, something a little bit different. So um, USPM is kind of like a specific style of power metal that that evolved in the USA kind of during the earlier mid '80s. So everyone's kind of familiar with the new wave of British heavy metal, you know. Um, you have all those big bands like Iron Maiden that, that were playing, right? And there were scenes kind of all over or all over the world that that arose as a result and a reaction to the new wave of British heavy metal, right? So you have uh, the Bay Area thrash metal scene that kind of came up and bands got a little bit more extreme. You have you know German speed metal. And in the U.S., we kind of had uh, United States power metal. So it's a bit of an umbrella term where we're looping in a bunch of bands um, that don't all play the same exact style, but but they're doing uh, something similar, right? So 
you take the new wave of British heavy metal and you take out those blues rock, hard rock roots away from it, and you kind of build upon the more uh, aggressive foundation of it and you, and you add something to it, right? You add power. So uh, some of these bands were taking it in a more progressive direction. Uh, some were a little bit more aggressive, uh, a little bit more thrashy. Some were a bit faster and some were a bit more melodic, right? So uh, you get that, and that's that's what U.S. power metal is. It's it's taking the new wave of British heavy metal, and it's just expanding on it. And just kicking up the tempo and making it do more, I guess. Exactly. That's 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 where the word power comes from. Power. Yes, we like we like power here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we get too in-depth after that beautiful explanation of what the hell U.S. power metal is and why it isn't just, you know, America. It's a um, subgenre of a subgenre. Yeah. Isn't metal great? It's like... It's like how we like to call the North American bands North American. That's why we have to make the distinction. Confused, yeah, because people just get confused. So we started calling them North American power metal bands when referring to bands like Judicator and Theocracy. A stylistic distinction over a geographical one. Yeah, I hadn't heard that before. And I think it, um, I think it really ties together their sound too, because a lot of the bands have you know similar sounding sounds, but they're still playing EU style power metal generally. And NAPM looks like the word napalm, which is kind of cool. Boom, like the record label. <laughs> Unrelated. Um, but yeah, before we get too deep into the uh, you know, the rabbit hole that is USPM and all of its associated styles, um, we want to ask the most important question that we ever ask anyone, Marco. What are your top four favorite power metal bands? All right, well... US or otherwise. Well, uh, the first one I'll mention is kind of probably the one you get all the time, uh, Blind Guardian, right? So even though I'm a USPM guy, Oof, I perfect a, choice. I have a huge, huge yeah, that's spot. A cop out answer. It's, it's not a cop out answer, man. Mirror, mirror was my it's first. The right <laughs> answer. Yeah, it is the right answer. <laughs> I think we should stop start putting a caveat in for Blind Guardian. Oh. What are your top four favorite bands, excluding Blind Guardian? <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of their uh, early stuff as well as speed metal stuff, but uh, somewhere far beyond is my favorite Girl Power album, nonstop. That's one of so, my favorites too. So you're in you're in good company. So here. I'd say other than that, uh, Manila Road. If you count them as power metal, they're they're my favorite band of all time. Huge huge fan of Manila Road. Both the early stuff, the later stuff, mid era stuff, classic, whatever. They have 18 albums. I love them all. Uh, so huge fan of Manila Road. 18, Jesus. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then I would say uh, Crimson Glory. So I play those first two albums nonstop. Pretty much. Um, and then I think... Do they have other albums? They have other albums. I just pretend they don't exist. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with them. <laughs> but um, those first two are just uh, just amazing. And then and the last one, is, it's it's really tough. Uh, I'm not sure what, what my number four would be. Um, but I'll just go ahead and say uh, Liege Lord. Uh, really, really good band. Uh, U.S. Power Metal. They have three fantastic albums and um, all a little bit different and uh, good band. Well, a couple of those we're probably going to get into on this episode here. Yeah. I'm sure we I will. hope so. All right, you did the thing that we force everyone to do, so well done. Uh, you picked Blind Guardian, so you're okay in my book. So I think now we'll we'll dive a bit deeper into the U.S. power metal rabbit hole. So uh, you mentioned a couple of ways that U.S. power metal can be broken down because we haven't subdivided our genre enough. Uh, you mentioned there can be more the more aggressive, thrashy style bands, more melodic, proggy style bands. There's you know, different styles within this. So uh, I guess take it take it away with that. Give us that primer. Right, right. So uh, yeah, because we have to divide it up as much as we can. But um, I think the simplest way to think about it, if if there there are kind of two distinct styles, right, that that we touched on, 
the the more aggressive stuff that you know is more similar to thrash metal uh, you know it's faster tempo the vocals can be a bit more aggressive uh, it's kind of abrasive and in your face and then you have the more melodic side where some bands are going a bit more progressive as well so starting out with that uh, you know aggressive side of us power metal you have bands like jag panzer and uh, liege lord who i touched on a little bit so um i think if i had to pick one album from the aggressive side of U.S. power metal, for me, it would have to be Jack Panzer's uh, debut album, Ample Destruction. So that album is pretty much the defining U.S. power metal album for me. Um, and it, it really hits on all the stuff that uh, makes up that aggressive side of U.S. power metal. And then... Yeah, I was listening to that album yesterday, and I think it really just embodied my uh, preconceived notion of USPM, or like, I haven't dived that deep into it. But it's like, yep, this is similar to like what i'm used to listening to with eu power metal but it does have that more aggressive and old school style to it or it does feel a bit closer to traditional heavy metal but you know kicked up a notch exactly and that's kind of what i love about it right it's um you have fantastic vocals on that album you have really aggressive guitar riffs it's basically just you know 40 minutes or whatever it is of, of straight rippers uh you know you don't really have a break and it's just just a classic Good shit. And uh, tell us about Liege Lord. You said they're one of your favorites. Uh, how, how would you get uh, someone into them? How would you describe them? That's a that's a great question. So Liege Lord are one of my favorites because I think they're they're super accessible. Uh, they're a little bit more aggressive, but they're just a fantastic band, right? So you're not compromising any quality for for that um, accessibility. And so the album that I would recommend to people is uh, Master Control. So there's a couple of reasons. Uh, the production's a little bit cleaner than some of the other stuff you're going to find here, uh, and the vocalist sounds a lot like Bruce Dickinson. He really does. So um, you oh, okay. you get a familiar vocal style, but uh, you you get really really good riffs um and it's it's a little bit uh more on that aggressive side it's a little bit faster paced too um it's got a good amount of speed and thrash metal elements in it so i think uh it touches on all the great stuff and it, it's still really easy to get into so i think uh, that's one of the albums that i recommend for people trying to get into this style yeah i think bruce dickinson style vocals are very easy to get into it makes iron maiden like one of the classic gateway bands it makes that's what power metal is basically based off of and makes it more accessible yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's like something uh, you know viewers can connect with. So it's a great album. Uh, their early stuff's good too. It's a bit more uh, raw. The production's a little bit rougher. It's a little bit more aggressive. So um, their debut album's fantastic as well. Freedom's Rise. If um, you're looking for something a bit more in that direction. When did they get started? When were they like active and like at their peak? Uh, good question. I think Master Control is a bit later, eighty-seven or eighty-eight. Um, but so, the date- so it's still like a pretty old on the. I guess, power metal scale. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Master Control is 88. They debuted in 85. So US power metal kind of got kicked off right when the new wave of British heavy metal died off, right? So new wave of British heavy metal, depending on who you ask, it ended in, you know, 83 or 84. And the US power metal picked up in 84 and kind of ran all the way through uh, to the end of the 80s. Like, uh, you know, 88, 89 is kind of where that uh, petered out. That's kind of around the same time, if not a little before the the EU power metal scene. I always think of Halloween kicking it off in like mid to late ish eighties. Yeah, yeah, like 80, 85, 86, 87, somewhere around there. Yeah, so I'd say um, some of those early EU bands were definitely a bit influenced by the uh, by some of the American bands, and I definitely love to touch on that uh, a little bit later. But uh, yeah, so so yeah, for sure. So the EU PM I'd consider starting around eighty seven with Keys, right? So. Um, it's it's a, just a little bit later after uh, the peak of USPM. Awesome. Uh, and any other uh, good examples of the uh, aggressive side of, of USPM? Yeah. So I think another album that people would really enjoy is 
uh, Hellstar is Nosferatu. So Hellstar played. That's a newer one, right? Uh, no, no, no. That's a that's a relatively newer band. No, Hellstar's is been it ar- similar to Bloodbound's Nosferatu. No, Hellstar's been around for a long time. So uh, <laughs> their debut album was in '84, but they're still active. So uh, they put out a great. Oh, okay. They put out a really good album in 2016 called uh, Vampiro. So Vampiro, whatever you want to call it. Um, but Nosferatu came out in 89, and I think it's one of the best U.S. power metal albums. So uh, you might get some people that they say, oh, no, I think, you know, Hellstar have a better album. But uh, that's kind of their most popular. So uh, you can guess from the name, it's kind of like a concept album about Dracula and all that fun stuff. But uh, what Hellstar do mm-hmm. really well is uh, their riffs are fast. They're aggressive. Their production's all right. Um, but they have insane guitar solos. So I know a lot of EUPM fans love those. They they have um, neoclassical guitar solos, which kind of stick out in U.S. power metal, but they do it mm-hmm. really, really well, kind of like uh, early Yngwie Malmsteen, something like that. So um, I think Nosferatu is a great album. I think uh, plenty of people who listen to Europower will also find stuff that they'll enjoy in that one. Kind of have that guitar winkery. That's not something you typically associate with a uh, USPM is the super extended solos. So that sounds like a really interesting yeah, definitely. It's it's pretty good. It, it's it's unique, like I said. Uh, it's got a little bit of you know darker touches, but uh, there's just a lot going on in that album, and I find myself coming back to it all the time. It's just a just a good listen. And I actually I actually picked up Vampiro on a whim a couple of months ago. Really? Because I recognized the band Hellstar. I'm like, oh, cool, Hellstar. So yeah, what you what you think of uh, Vampiro? I thought it was pretty good, but I haven't listened to it since. So I think you might want to hit that back up. I'm a little on the fence about it. I should pull it back out. Yeah, I should pull it back out this week. So um, just speaking about that album, that that, that surprised me. Um, you know, their more recent stuff has been pretty good, but I think Vampiro's almost on par with with their very early albums. So Hellstar had a really good run of four albums uh, to kick off their career, and it just like it just brings us back and shows you know, hey, this like 30, 40 year old band is still kicking ass and like. You know, hey, they're still writing fresh material that's that uh, is pretty unique, but still great. Is all this stuff vampire themed, or is it just a coincidence that these two albums? Are? No, it's just a co- coincidence. So uh, they kind of do a bunch of different stuff. So Vampiro is a little bit darker, and it's kind of a a bit of a throwback to Nosferatu. So uh, in that sense, you know, you get a little bit of that nostalgia and a little bit of that uh, vampire theme. Very good. Uh, any any other examples you'd like to point out for that, or we we can hit a uh, other styles of. Uh, USPM. I know we have a lot of a lot of names to drop today. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think uh, I'm all right with that style. There, there's always other great albums to check out. You know, uh, Vicious Rumors, Digital Dictator, Omen, Battlecry, Griffin. You know, Flight of the Griffin. There's there's a ton of great albums out there. Um, and uh, but you know, there's a bunch of other styles that we can talk about. So uh, I say I say we can. Just get going. If anybody's curious, they can go read my guides uh, if they're really looking to get deep into yeah, this. Yeah, always be sure to check out Marco's right. guide to USPM because it's insanely detailed and has tons of good recommendations. If there's if there's one thing that Marco does well, it's uh, in-depth writing. He does a very good job of doing deep dives into this sort of thing while seeming accessible at the same time. Isn't that you cute? flatter me too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's let's move on to a style that i think um just general metal fans are going to be more familiar with um the the melodic or proggy style that you mentioned um i know popular bands like queensrike fall in there uh, where are we gonna land with that right so uh 
yeah, if we're just dividing it into two camps, right, you have the more aggressive stuff and the more melodic or progressive. Um, so on the progressive side, you, you do have uh, Queensryche. I, I would lump them in there. So, um, you know, everyone's familiar with Operation Mindcrime. Uh, you know, that kind of falls into the progressive U.S. power metal. But when I think of Queensryche and USPM, I think of, uh, you know, their self-titled EP and their debut album, The Warning. So both of those are excellent releases. I think uh, Queensryche EP is pretty much, uh, you know, one of the best releases in the genre and one of my favorite metal releases in general. Uh, Queen of the Reich is just a fantastic song and kind of one of the earlier examples of uh, that more melodic side of uh, U.S. power metal. Yeah, I haven't dabbled in uh, in Queensryche much beyond Operation Mindcrime, which I think is a phenomenal album. So how, how do those like two parts of their career differ beyond like their early beginnings and then when they kind of matured a bit? Yeah, so I think those later Fate's Warning albums are still pretty good. You know, No Exit, Mind Crime, etc. But um, they're definitely more focused on the progressive side of things, a little less on the riffs, a little less on the vocals. So um, I think with the EP and uh, the warning, what you get is a bit more straightforward uh, song structures, songwriting, but you still get plenty of that, you know, those progressive touches and those, you know, powerful Jeff Tate vocals, stuff like that. So in general, it's a little bit closer to traditional metal, a little bit more straightforward, but uh, still that fantastic Queens rig. Shout out to Jeff Tate. You know, he was good with Avantasia. <laughs> That's you know very recent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's... That's very different. Very different, yeah. as well. Definitely. But hey, yeah. that man has a killer set of pipes, so... Oh, for sure. And he's old as shit now, too. Yeah, you know... Still putting on a good show. It's kind of crazy, because, you know, just like Rob Halford, those guys have been around for a while, touring like crazy, and they hit really, really yeah. high notes, so I don't know how he hasn't blown his voice out. Metal magic. Right. Oh, the right. dude's born in 59... Jesus. Yeah, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Dude, our heroes are, get- <laughs> our heroes are getting old. So uh, I think a band that you've mentioned as one of your favorites and one of the albums that I've heard even before coming on this was Crimson Glory's uh, self-titled debut. Yeah, so I think both the debut and the following album two years later, Transcendence, are absolute metal masterpieces. Both are a little bit different, but... Um, I could listen to them till, till the end of time. I never get bored of either. They're just fantastic listens that are uh, very melodic, but still kind of retain that uh, that edge that that, that we uh, talk about with the U.S. Power Metal. I'm curious, have either of you played the game Brutal Legend? I haven't played Brutal Legend, but bits and uh, pieces. But that, I've, that, I've heard that, of it. That game uh, came out in 2009. That's around sort of when I was getting into metal. And it didn't have a lot of EU PM representation. They had a good amount of USPM representation, including uh, Crimson Glory's uh, Queen of the Masquerade. Yeah. Which is a classic song. Like that opening. I was always one of my favorite ones to just have randomly come on in the game when I was uh, driving around. And there's a few other bands I think we're going to talk about later that were also uh, featured on there. So shout outs to Tim Schafer and Jack Black. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Brutal Legend uh, falls distinctly into that like... uh, what the fuck is that movie? Is it heavy metal? The like the animated the one? It falls into that. Yeah. Yeah. With the with the lady riding the, the yeah. pterodactyl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It taps into like that style of music, which is very distinctly, you know, 80s heavy and USPM, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Like yeah. I also got exposed to Running Wild through that game, plus many other bands. So they have, uh, you know, I never played it, but but I know quite a few of those great bands that that you mentioned are in there, and uh, you know, um, I've heard of some people get into USPM through it, and I think that's awesome. So 
um, good for that. Yeah, their EOPM was basically just through the fire and flames. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a <laughs> song everybody knew, right? Because it's, it's riding off of yeah, Guitar Hero 3. Yeah, it was like a couple years after Guitar Hero, so everyone knew what they had. Yeah, to I mean, it. hey, back in those days, I was jamming through the fire and the flames. So well, yeah, I do it to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's off topic. The next album I think that we should get into is one that I see kicked around a lot as like best power metal of all time, and that's Fate's Warning, uh, Awaken the Guardian. Ooh, yeah, that's that's a big one. It's 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 hard listen, I think. So, Fate's Warning is uh, definitely on the much more progressive side of U.S. power metal. Um, so their strongs are a little bit weirder, a little bit more in that uh, what I guess people would call you know um, you know people who are familiar with like Dream Theater might might kind of align with. That. I don't think the bands sound that similar, but they're super progressive in that sense. Um, compared to the rest of the field. So Awaken the Guardian is a little bit more straightforward, a little bit easier, a little bit more melodic, a little bit more accessible than um, their other stuff like uh, <clears throat> like um, like a Spectre Within, right? But uh, so what makes Fate's Warning hard to listen to is um, the, the vocals, right? So uh, John Arch uh, is really, really good at phrasing, but his his voice is a little bit abrasive, a little bit hard to get into at first. Um, but once it makes sense, uh, the album is just fantastic. Is it actually hard to get into or hard to get into by like USPM standards? Both. I mean, it's just it's just kind of a hard, hard to get into. Okay. I mean, they're, they're considered a pretty classic band. So uh, once you kind of get used to John Arch's vocals, you'll, you'll be all right. Yeah, that that's one that I've tried to get into a few times, but it hasn't clicked for me yet. And I think vocals are part of it. And even just stylistically, it's not really what I expect, even from U.S. power metal bands. I think it's I, I sometimes have trouble calling it power metal. I think it is more on like a progressive traditional style of metal but yeah for sure me. and then later in the career they got a little bit more progressive right with perfect symmetry no exit parallels all those albums get a little bit more uh, progressive and just one really quick thing i think i mentioned uh no exit with uh what's it called with queensrike it's actually fate's warning before anybody crucifies me i misspoke earlier so sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know you always you always uh, get those dorks that like, well, you know comment on something hey you missed that one band or you messed that up but <laughs> well it's always fine they, that uh, one guy. and they just went on a tour together right you you're obviously thinking about that yeah yeah something like that <laughs> or he was looking at the notes sheet and you see the names next to each other <laughs> yeah, yeah we don't yeah. have notes what well, no. we're, we're i usually <laughs> totally totally all off the top i mean I, I usually lump them together i'll listen to them together other kind of in that same category so uh Anyways, so the, the next band that's not that not on the notes list at all, but you have bolded if you did have a notes list is Warlord. So tell us about Warlord. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So Warlord are uh, kind of the brainchild of uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, William Samus or something like that. Right. He's, he's Greek. But anyways, uh, the point is uh, Warlord came out with an EP in 1983 called Deliver Us. Uh, it's got keyboards. It's got amazing vocals, amazing, amazing riffs. And, uh, you know, Bill Samus has like the best sense of melody in this scene. One of the best senses of melody. So this 1983 release is often cited as uh, one of the first power metal releases. So every time I see some dork say Halloween invented power metal, you know, I just kind of want to, you know, it's yeah, a little dorks. bit of pet peeve of mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, you know, naming anybody on this podcast or anything. But, oh, wow. Know. Oh, wow. Anyways, I could, no, I could I name some you. concurrent releases to Keepers as well. So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I know, I know. I, know. I could name some concurrent releases in the style. 
I think Rainbow laid down the foundation, but this would be the first very, very straightforward power metal, a uh, full power metal release, I think. Uh, so Deliver Us is like a 28, 26 minute EP and it's, um, I think it's the best EP in yeah. the scene. It's my, it's, it's my, my favorite release. Uh, one of my favorite releases. I actually here, listened so. to that before we got on today and it was fantastic. I'm definitely going to listen to it again. It definitely scratched yeah. all of my Halloween styled itches. Yes, totally. So I think Warlord, um, I think that EP and their debut album were both huge influences on European power metal, right? So uh, you have big bands like Hammerfall straight up covering uh, songs from this EP. And I'm pretty sure, you know, Halloween, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I think they might have cited Warlord at one point or another. And I think you kind of hear that sound uh, in those early German European power metal bands. So I think Warlord's Deliver Us EP and um their debut album uh, you know and the cans of destruction right so i think those two are releases that european power metal fans will really enjoy yeah i haven't listened to this at all this is when i have to check out uh, you would definitely like it kyle for uh, you, sure you, you more or less know my taste so i'll trust you on that one yeah it's like classic early halloween oh yeah it's feeling basically like walls of jericho before it was walls of jericho I think it's a little cleaner than Walls of Jericho. It's cleaner. It's it's a little bit slower. There's some mid-paced stuff. It's not like, you know, blazing speed metal yeah. like, like Halloween was, right? So, so uh, that's a lot of different styles of bands. Now, would you say there are some bands that uh, kind of serve as a mixture of both? You know, they have the aggressive, they have the melodic proggy stuff. They can do it all. Yeah, for, for sure. And I think there's bands that don't fit in any category that are a mix of everything, right? But I think some bands that, that really hit on both sides pretty well they're still aggressive they have great melodic elements i think uh the first one that comes to mind is riot's thundersteel album so uh it's pretty popular uh by u.s power metal standards and i think uh, it's an album that has general appeal with metal fans regardless if you're eupm even i know a lot of extreme metal guys still like this one too so um it's got a lot of those speed metal elements it's got great great melody it's a fantastic album all the way through um so i definitely recommend that one yeah, I know we we've talked about Riot on the podcast before. Now we've we we were on Riot Five when we talked about uh, Armor of Light. Oh, yeah. Now we're on we're going back to Riot One. Just so, called Riot. I don't know. Can can we call it Riot One? So so the funny story with Riot is right. So so they broke up, and then they came back together many years later. Right. So they had that early run from uh you know the late seventies where they were kind of like proto metal, a little bit blues rock. Uh, they released great albums like Fire Down Under in 81, right? And then they broke up in 83. Mark Reel, um, you know, uh, rest in peace, the the mastermind behind Riot came back in 87. He was influenced by all the crazy stuff happening in the U.S., right? All these like U.S. power metal bands, all these thrash metal bands. And then he comes out of nowhere with Thundersteel in 1988. And this thing just, wow, it just blows everything else out of the water. I consider it a perfect album. It's one of my top five top 10 albums of all time and, and uh, the way i would describe it is a lot of people have heard judas priest's um painkiller basically add a little bit of melody to painkiller and write it a whole lot better and 100 percent all the way through <laughs> then you get thundersteel um it's a great album i can't say enough good things about it right painkiller would just be better i like that yeah i mean i love painkiller don't get me wrong one of my favorite priest albums but thundersteel is basically what painkiller is with you know just that little bit of uh power metal kick it even has a silver guy on it oh yeah exactly see you know they're not you know uh it's basically the same thing with american right and two years earlier 
I think the the title track of Thunder Steel that 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 opening song is just like a straight classic power metal banger. It's been covered by tons of bands, and just hearing that that riff and that Thunder Steel is just so classic. Even when Absolutely. I butcher it on a podcast, it's a, it's an unforgettable song. I know. When I was listening to that one uh, today at work, and I think my favorite beyond the title track was Johnny's Back. I think that one really has a lot of elements that you power metal fans will get into the way the vocals are all like have that like sort of choir effect on them. Yeah, it's it's great. And I, I think all the songs work well. Each one is a little bit different. I think the album um, t- plays the fast really well. It does the mid pace really well. It does those slower songs like Blood Streets really well. Uh, just a great, great album. Yeah, I also like the like chant, like the almost like chanty vocals on Fight or Fall was uh, just just really exciting it's that powerful feel that that we're looking for so really really excellent album like i guess if we have to pick like a top five <laughs> albums to check out uh like at the end of this uh episode i'd probably put that one on it yeah we can totally do that at the end and i think it would definitely make my list yeah i think that'll be a fun exercise at the end uh, when, when oh, we get to that point <laughs> <laughs> i know kill your babies marco <laughs> <laughs> What are some other fun examples that you'd pick that are uh, similar to Riot here? I noticed um, we haven't talked about Sabotage yet. What's the, what's the deal with that? Oh, yes. Ooh, yes. yes. Our Let's friends, talk about Sabotage. The, the classic. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, a lot of people, when they think Sabotage, they think of that, you know, gutter bullet, that opera, operatic stuff. But, you know, earlier Sabotage was a lot more rooted in traditional metal and it's very much uh, U.S. power metal. So uh, what I'm talking about is uh, their Dungeons Are Calling EP, their debut album, Sirens, um, Power for the Night, right? It's, uh, it's not quite as good as the rest of these, but um, Hall of the Mountain King, one of their Ooh. most famous albums, very the straight Hall U.S. power metal. of the Mountain King! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> John Oliver, man. Yeah. yeah, so I think that album is, you know, it's got plenty of edge on it, but... There's great melodies. There's good slower moments. Uh, the riffs are great. Vocals are out of this world. I think it's uh, a seminal U.S. power metal album, and I think it's also quite accessible. So if I were to give you know people you know one of their first U.S. power metal albums, this one would be a great choice. I, I think John Oliver might be one of the best singers in power metal in general. Yeah, that guy's a unit, but man, he's a good vocalist. He's he's got he's amazing. Definitely one of my favorites up there with with Kiski. Yeah, Sabotage isn't just uh, you know ballads about drug overdoses and in <laughs> operas and whatnot. They do have some some banging USPM uh, that they kind of started out with. Yeah, it's it's a great album. Hundred percent recommend that one. Now, I see you also have Chastain on this list. Tell us about Chastain. They're an interesting one. Chastain are very very interesting. So. Um, as you can guess, this this band is David Ch- T. Chastain's uh, child. So um, he is a guitar virtuoso. There's a lot of shred guitar in these songs. So in that sense, it's a little bit similar to that Nosferatu album from Hellstar that we talked about. Uh, these solos are super, super fast, very virtuosic, very, um, you know, there's a bit of that neoclassical edge like Malmsteen. Uh, but the riffs can be pretty, pretty hard, pretty aggressive power metal. Um, but there are still some great melodic moments, some slower parts. And uh, what really rounds out Chastain is uh, Leather Leone. So she is an absolute banshee in the best way possible. One of my favorite vocalists nonstop. And she has so, so much power. Um, 
it's just a great combo. So Leather's kick-ass vocals with David's amazing riffs and uh, stellar solos. It's it's a great combo. I think they touch on uh, all the little aspects of U.S. Power Metal that are great. So uh, their first run of five albums are all pretty good. My personal favorite is uh, Ruler of the Wasteland. When I picked up uh, Vampiro, I actually also picked up Ruler of the Wasteland and Transcendence. So I did a little USPM haul wow, a bit a, ago. I mean, that's a great haul. That's a great haul right there. Yeah, Mystery of Illusion is a fantastic album. I did not know that the singer was a woman, though. Yeah. For the longest time. Yes. She she mixes in with all of the USPM dudes doing their shrieky wails. Yeah, so, so that's a... That's so a, well. We should have talked about that a bit earlier. That's, a, that's another key defining moment of... Uh, key defining factor for USPM. Yeah. The guys love their higher vocals, love their falsettos, but uh, she's got plenty of edge in it. I, I guess it can be a bit hard to tell with... Uh, you know, Chastain didn't have the best production back in those days, but... She is great. Yeah, I know when we were talking about uh, Chevalier or however it's supposed to be pronounced recently, I think Chastain was uh, one that came up in the conversation as being like a similar style of influence to him. Yeah, so they have some pretty direct influences. I think we can talk about them a bit later, too. Perfect. Yeah, like I just turned on Ruler of the Wasteland in the background and I could not tell that this is uh, a woman singing. Gosh, yeah. She sounds just like like every other USPM singer of the time, I think. That, not, that not really in a high way. Like Not shrieking, in way, like, but yeah, and then, like she's a better than them kind of way though. She's great. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I think we can move on a bit out of these, like uh, maybe these early days into some of the more epic metal bands or just tangentially related side of uh, USPM because it kind of expands out from here as time goes on. Yeah, it, it does a bit. So some of these, there, there, there was a you know a, a subset of bands that I would lump in with USPM, but weren't quite there. So they kind of shared some similar qualities, but they added their own stuff. So the first one that comes to mind is Manila Road, right? So they definitely have some of those US power metal elements, but their song structures are a bit looser. Uh, their lyrics are much, you know, they're, they're even epic by uh, US power metal standards, right? All these mythologies and, mm-hmm. and mythos um, that they, they help build up. So uh, again, I, I, you know, I talked about them early on. They're one of my favorite, they're my favorite band of all time. Right. So I would consider them um, tangentially related to uh, US power metal. These bands, what I call epic heavy metal. So I won't get into it now. That's like getting into sub, sub, sub genres. Right. Um, but uh, I will say, if you're looking to get into Manila Road, their most popular and accessible album is Crystal Logic. I think uh, you know fans will will enjoy that one, and they have uh, you know plenty of great stuff. So um, definitely check that band out. That Necropolis too, even it's not terribly difficult to get into. I don't think, and I think a lot of people put it up there with Crystal Logic. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, Necropolis well, track. is I'm an idiot. Is is their most popular track on Crystal Logic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm dumb. Right. I thought right. they had different art. I think of art when I think no, of no. Shit. Um, yeah, so Crystal Logic's their, mo- their their biggest one, but my personal favorites are uh, The Deluge and Mystification. So those albums came a bit later after Crystal Logic. Manila Road kind of worked on their epic sound. They refined it. Um, they have uh, Randy Fox uh, on the, those albums. So he's a drummer. He has a very unique drumming style, very aggressive, lots of fills, kind of does his own thing, but in a great way. So uh, those albums are really, really great. And so my favorite thing about Manila Road is they always kind of incorporated new influences and changed their sound. So uh, each album is a little bit different than, than the next. Well, they've got how many albums? They, they got to they gotta keep it fresh. And, they had 18 and then Mark Shelton had wow. a couple side projects. So th- this guy averaged like an album every, 
every other year before he passed away yeah, last year. For like so, 30 rest years. In peace, Mark. Jesus. 40, 40 even. Yeah. Rest in peace. That's a crazy career. And then he, he went out at, at the top, honestly. He like played a he show did. the day before, right? Like no, headlined he, so, it. So, so uh, from what I understand of, of the circumstances of, of his death, he, so they were one of the top bands playing... Um, God, I can't can't remember the the name right now. Uh, like some headbangers open air or something like that. Um, yeah. And it's a pretty hot day, and and he just succumbed to to heat exhaustion. So uh, it's tough. Make sure you guys are staying cool and drinking plenty of water. Uh, but you know, rest in peace, Mark. Great, great legacy. Definitely, I recommend checking out Manila Road. All right. Uh, some other fun bands that I think fall into like epic fantasy metal style of things. I know that's what brutal legend called them would be broke as helm. These guys are really cool. <laughs> yeah, they're insane. So broke as helm, uh, they kind of have a little bit of that, uh, crazy production style. It's tough to, tough to pin down. I know they're a huge influence on Chevalier and bands like us, uh, slot, Feg as well. So they kind of have a storytelling approach to lyrics. Uh, there's a lot of character in, in their vocals. Um, their riffs are uh, crazy. They're super fast. It's, it's kind of like us power metal, but very drunk. That's kind of how I would describe <laughs> broke as home. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they, they're, they're so kind of wacky, but yes, you, you don't really notice it maybe at first. So, like, so they have like look, crazy cry of the Banshee, which is like my favorite song by them with all the, crazy bass shit they do on there i love um the title track of defender of the crown where it's like hand me a sword and i'll go insane Aha. yes 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 it's it's love so much it. fun to listen to i love that so so uh there that defender of the crown album is their most popular because it's on brutal legend uh, it's very good um my favorite from them is is black death uh it's very short it's like 30 minutes or so and every song is a banger and to, to just, let me just put it this way: Brokus Helm are a band that had a chorus of uh, "Ring Around the Rosy Pocket Full of Posies," and they made it sound badass. So that's how cool and crazy this band is. I don't think I've heard yeah. that one by them. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. So ch- check it out. Uh, Black Death. Is that the song? Is it like a title track, or is that just somewhere on the album? It should be the title track. I have a tough time with individual tracks usually. I know "Ring I, Around the Rosy" is supposed albums, to be like a but... plague thing. So yeah, I sense. think it's. Uh, I think yeah, it's Black Death. It's it's the. Um, it should be the chorus of Black Death. Oh, sick. Let's see. They also, like, I know one of the lyrics that always stands out to me about Broca's Helm, they have the song, uh, I think I think oh, it's on <laughs> Helm's Deep. It's either Helm's Deep or Time of the Dark, where the lyric is like, they're assholes filled with razor blades. And I don't know why that's I mean, a thing. They, they have some very questionable lyrics. They have a song called Drink and Drive, which you shouldn't do. <laughs> and they have a song called Skullfucker. So. Skullfucker. Yeah. It's, it's right before Drink yeah. and Drive. Um, yeah, they do their yeah that one two punch right there. So I've never listened to Broca's Helm. Um, this is definitely something that's going on the list now. Yeah, they have. Yeah, uh, one of their more epic songs I'd say is probably "Drink the Blood of the Priest." That one's really interesting. Basically, everything they did was was great. I really dig the the intro riff on "Cry of the Banshee." It's kind of weird. Like he oh, said, oh yeah, it's fucking it's, crazy. It's very it's weird. It feels like a keyboard, it's, but, it's 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 not. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it's bass. I think. I think it might be bass as well. It's tough to tell, but it's it's really good. It's it's weird, but I dig it. Yeah, like definitely. That's one. Thank you to Brutal Legend for introducing me to to Cry of the Banshee and having a crazy spider. I think that phrase there, weird, but I dig it. That's how I describe all these <laughs> epic metal bands, right? So Vanilla Road, Broke as Helm, all the other ones we're going to talk about, weird, but I dig it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of weird, uh, let's talk about is it Sloof the Lord Weird Sloof Egg or Slow yeah, the, the, the Lord, Lord Weird, weird Slow Egg? Yeah. 
Yeah, man, they're a tough band. So um, they're really fun. They just released their 10th album uh, this month, actually. It's weird. Um, weird. Yes. Yeah, so so th- their sound, they, they've always done whatever the fuck they want, right? So um, they have a lot of influence from uh, Thin Lizzy. They take a lot of influence from Broke as Helm, actually. Um, they cite that as one of their biggest uh, influences. So um, they kind of are a fun band. They incorporate Celtic influence every once in a while. Um, they have some slow songs, some fast songs, some epic songs. Um, I think the one album I'd recommend is their most popular. Uh, it's called Traveler with two L's. Um, it's their most power metal album. It's kind of like an, a more modern-ish take on U.S. power metal. Uh, but it's very, very melodic, very good riffs, very catchy. Um, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. I can just put it on whenever. and Okay. Uh, it's, it's yeah. I, I also album. recommend Down Among the Dead Men. Yep, that's another that, one. That- that one also had songs on Brutal Legend. <laughs> yeah. This is the which, Brutal which Legend. Brutal Legend? <laughs> is, uh, is, is like your whole uh, your whole experience with like these mid-80s epic bands via yeah, Brutal like, Legends? Honestly, yeah, like a lot of these like That's fair. mid-80s like American power metal bands, it there was a lot of them on Brutal Legend. And that's how I got that's introduced fair. to most of them. That's the aesthetic. I think that's great. And I, th- I think, you know, if, if we can get more people into this, it's, it's awesome. That's, that's what it's all about. These are great bands. Yeah. Get off of that Psychonauts 2 and make Brutal Legend 2, man. Oh, been God. Waiting. It's been 10 fucking years. I'd, I'd be totally down. God, I would You're love gonna it. You're going to be waiting for a I'd decade love it for that, dude. Spread these bands. Yeah, I got another decade. You're going to get Schaefer'd again. You know Jack Black would be down. I, I was literally watching Jablinski games like an hour before recording this, and he had his Brutal Legend shirt on. You know Jack Black is down. <laughs> Oh man, I I listened to New Organon a bit ago when the promos went out, and I'm listening to this and I'm like, this shit is fucking weird. It's like yeah, so it's like like 70s like doomy. Mm. Yeah, so so uh, I think that's seventy. Remind me a lot of Sabbath. Yeah, so Sabbath and and Thin Lizzy, like like in feel. Yeah, for sure. If you want like a really weird uh, song by Slewfake, I recommend Traders and Gunboats. It has this like spoken portion in the middle where it like tells a story about like trading empires it's it's so strange but it's it's so cool at the same time yeah they're they're good with that storytelling for sure they definitely fit that weird but cool and epic style so their name with that i don't understand somehow makes sense (laughs) is there a story behind the name do you know the 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 full name name. i'm sure there is uh i probably read it like (laughs) 10 years ago i don't know it off the top yeah, I'm not sure. I know Broca's helm is like named after like an actual like helm in like a museum or something. I remember reading that somewhere. Hmm. I'm not sure about Slewfag. Slowfag, slow. I don't know. Is Words it, are hard. I thought it was slow. I don't know. I'm no expert. Maybe it's slow. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong too. <laughs> for all I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see him in like two months though. So pretty excited. Oh, Speaking nice. of just seeing bands, you just saw this band recently. This next one. Uh, Sirith Uncle. Sirith? They they headline Keep It True. Oh, who, who did? No, no. So they headline and Keep It True next year. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I've I've actually never gotten a chance to see them yet, to, to my shame. But I'm sure it'll happen there. They've been touring pretty regularly. And nothing is more epic than naming your band after a Tolkien thing. Yeah, man. As, they, we, as we know, they were like one of the first, you know, bigger metal bands to to kind of use uh, Tolkien, and uh, they're very big on on the Elric saga. So they use Michael uh, Wellen's um, artwork on every one of their album covers is a different Elric artwork. So uh, they were big on that fantasy. Elric has a nice aesthetic. It does. It does. Wellen did a great job. Did, did, did they come before Blind Guardian? I don't. Where's my uh, timeline here? Uh, 
well, they they formed in '72, but their first like so that's a yes. <laughs> their Sirith Ungol demo didn't happen until '79, so that's before Lucif- Lucifer's Heritage, though. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, I think Lucifer's Heritage yeah, was easily '82, '83, something. I don't know. We can look it up. So sorry, Hansi. It's a. I mean, that's a good because those are those are good demos too. Uh, what's your uh, what's your top pick from from Sirith Ungol? Definitely for me, um, King of the Dead is their most consistent and best album. Um, so it's very doomy. Uh, the vocals are kind of hard to get into, but it's a very epic album. Uh, it's not their most U.S. power metal album. I think if I had to choose for you know U.S. power metal sounding stuff, it would be One Foot in Hell. Uh, it's basically uh, straightforward USPM relative to the rest. And if there was just one or two tracks I would recommend to people to listen, it's actually from Paradise Lost. So that album is uh, really hit or miss, but the best songs on it are very, very good. So uh, Join the Legion and Chaos Rising are some of the best Tirathungle songs ever, and I think uh, people will like them. Those are those are a couple of the top picks on Spotify for for Tirathungle. So yeah, this is a good, yeah, this is a good you, reason. You did well. It's actually spelled wrong on Spotify too. Join the Legion. Is it? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that's it's funny. got it says L E I G O N unless that's intentional. Nope, definitely not. So just add it <laughs> to the you know problems with Spotify. Yeah, one foot in hell is some sweet art, though. Well, that's like yeah, that's, that's like um, Elric walking up to a bug man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so he's in uh, the city of beggars, Natsukor. I don't know how to say it, and that's a it's one of the guardians on the throne. Um, some evil chaos dude. Yes, yes. I definitely recommend uh, Elric. I, I read it recently, um, just a few months ago for the first time, and it was uh, a really easy read, but really fun. Yeah, some it's like good sword classic sixty sword and sorcery kind of stuff, right? Yeah, pretty can't imagine much. it's that difficult. No, yeah, each book's like two hundred pages. They're nice, quick reads. Um, they're fun. A really good fantasy world. Probably much easier to read than Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I'm uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings isn't too bad. No, I, I don't. Lord of the Rings is very stilted in its in its language, though. I mean, those movies are great, at least. So that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> And there's no, nothing. I'm a big fan of There's nothing too. anyone can say about Don't it. Don't let Ed listen to this part. All right. So we, we've hit a lot of really great bands. Uh, some good recommendations for the, the EUPM fan that comprises probably most of our audience. But I think we should really get into like the most EUPM albums that aren't really uh, EUPM. Starting with the band that I spent my whole weekend listening to. Oh yeah, let's talk about Ver- let's talk about Virgin Steel. Fucking Virgin yeah. Steel. I was listening to this literally all last week. I mean, it's got to be a good weekend, right? If you're just blasting Virgin it was Steel, the only band I listened to last week. I think. This was my weekend. It was Dungeons and Dragons and Virgin Steel. I mean, hey, that that sounds like one hell of a weekend to me. What a Heaven and Hell, House of Atreus, and the fucking comp album, just on repeat. Yeah. So, so, uh, what what are your favorite Virgin Steel albums? Let's go there. What did you guys like from listening? So the five that I listened to were the Between Heaven and Hell Part One and Two, Invictus, and House of Atreus Parts One and Two. I guess kind of binged all of those together because I heard that's sort of like the peak of uh, Virgin Steel, thanks to Mad the Mad's guide on our power metal, not related. Yeah. And I don't, I think my first exposure to Virgin Steel that I can remember was someone just randomly recommending the song uh, Emilaith. Oh, that's, that's a, that's a ridiculous song. And I put it on. I'm like, wow, this is, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> that's a ridiculous and, song. Yeah. It's, it's, it's epic. It's melodic. It's, 
got crazy riffs, crazy chorus, vocals, like everything is amazing. And I wasn't really expecting as much of the keyboard use in that version still have as I do. Cause I'm like, Oh, they're a USPM band, but they still really bring in some of the more like progressive epic, like almost symphonic uh, type of stuff that I think UPM fans would just adore. Yeah. So, so I know man of war are a really popular band. So they're similar to man of war in that sense, but with yeah, keyboards they're like man of like, war, but good. Yeah. That's what I've been saying. Man of war. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue that one here. But um, like Man of War is fine. I but this like is like you, if this is if it was like real quote unquote music. I feel like a uh, Virgin <laughs> Steel wouldn't cancel on a on a festival the day before they're supposed to headline. Yeah, I'm not gonna. That's the kind of vibe I get. Yeah, from then it. make Sabaton do it two days. I'm in not a row. gonna get into that. Let's let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the good. <laughs> so um, yeah, Virgin I, I, Virgin Steel. I also listened to Marriage of Heaven and Hell, Invictus, and the House of Atreus. Um, I think I listened to Visions of Eden as well, and then the Hymns to Victory comp, which is just all of their big bangers 13 big bangers back to back yeah I, I listened to a few random songs like angel of light and uh, pompeii i think it's just yes they're big tracks from those three albums though yeah so i think that's not a not a bad introduction so virgin steel's first run of four um are all decent in their own way they're pretty good it's a little bit of cock rock but uh, every once in a while they get that epic metal and and they not uh, pump it up so i don't usually listen to those too much but um you get those insane moments like Burning of Rome uh, every once in a while in those early albums. So, um, But like you said, it's The Marriage of Heaven and Hell, uh, Part 1 or 2, Invictus, House of Atreus 1 or 2. Those are my favorites. So the mid-career run is just amazing. So uh, I'll usually do The Marriage Heavens in one run or I'll do Atreus in one run. I kind of consider them one album. Yeah, I, I think um, they definitely should be one album. Yeah, Spotify has them like all together. Yeah, so, they really just kind of flow together. Yeah, so the, the length can be long. Um, if I had to recommend just one of those five, it would be Marriage of Heaven and Hell Part 2. That's what I was going to say too, yeah. It does have Emma Lath, um, but in general, uh, it's a little bit more epic, a little bit more melodic, a little bit more of the keyboard stuff in that Part 2 um, that I think those uh, EUPM fans will really uh, enjoy. Yeah, it's it's like they're a good concept album if you're into that kind of stuff. I think that trilogy of albums with uh, Heaven and Hell and Invictus are like exploring the nature of humanity and divinity and blah 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 blah. So it's not like a set story, but if you if you're into stuff like that, it's fun. Totally, uh, I think uh, all those five are are great albums. Yeah, I you can't really go wrong with those. Like we said, I think Manowar fans would very much like Version Steel if they haven't branched into Version Steel already. The the vocals totally. are so similar. Yeah, they've got DeFace yes. sounds like a like a good I don't know Manowar singer's name. Um, Eric Adams. Eric Adams, I think. Eric Adams. Yeah, he sounds like a better Eric Adams. He's got more to him, I think. Um, and they have song titles such as uh, "Great Sword of Flame," which is <laughs> peak Manowar. Hey, that song is great. Yeah, yeah no, I so. love it. I love it, but like it's peak Manowar sounding. I will titles. say that I I do like Eric Adams, but I agree that when DeFice, uh, you know his his actually good stuff, I think he's definitely better than Adams. But Virgin Steel has an interesting history too with uh, the the split with their other guitarist and just the craziness that is. Uh, is it DeFace? How do you say DeFace? I don't know. We just call him DeFace. DeFace. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's a a piece of work. But he makes some damn good music. He is. So we'll just roll with that. Just ignore their their newer stuff. Don't, don't bother with any of that. He released three albums last year, if that gives you an idea. He's kind of gone off the rocker. But oh, wait, what? But <laughs> their their peak stuff is great. What what's your uh what what's your favorite version of Steel song? Since I actually listened to a lot of version of Steel recently. 
it's in my mind. Uh, ooh. I mean, Burning a Rome is, is an easy one. It's just a, it's a good banger. I think mm-hmm. uh, Amalith is, is kind of just an amazing, amazing song. Um, and I'm going to give a quick shout out to, to my friend Karmazid. He's uh, one of the best artists in the scene. And he's a huge, huge Virgin Steel dork. And that's also his favorite song. So quick shout out to my buddy there. All right. Kyle, what was your favorite? So get on that Emilaith, kids. Yeah, Emilaith was probably Emilaith. my favorite. I mean, be, the first song I listened to for a band, if it's like one of the main bangers, it, it just, it doesn't leave me. Oh, okay. That's fair. Like, like, like Mirror Mirror was the first Blind Guardian song I heard and like legit changed my life. And I refuse to accept any other song as my favorite <laughs> song. I mean, hey. I, I feel that definitely agree with you there. Uh, and then there was silence. Like I keep saying, the first time I heard that was live and that was a life changing experience. So I feel you. Um, I think mine might be Invictus. I'm a huge fucking fan of that chorus. It just hits me real good. I feel like the title track of Invictus takes like a minute or two to really kind of hit its stride. Yeah. But then but it, once like, it does, it's, it's fucking insane. Yeah. Title track is good. I think also on Invictus, I really like the closer. Uh, Vanni Vitti Vici. I'm definitely yeah, that was yeah. awesome butchering the uh, Italian, but that's a, that was a really good one. I need, uh, remind me to add uh, Virgin Steel to our list of bands when we do like the epic song episode. Yes, because <laughs> those guys can do it right. Yes, th- I definitely put them in that epic metal category. But I, I don't know if you've seen the track listing for Hymns to Victory, but it's literally like all of their big banger songs for 13 songs. That that sounds like a a banger yeah. compilation. So I, I think that's a pretty good starting point if you don't have time to. Uh, listen to all of heaven and hell or all of house of atreus you can just pop in with the comp yeah, it, and and see the the best of list i think songs are important in context and i really i uh, love the full album uh format but if you're looking just for to get a sense of the band it's definitely not yeah. a bad direction to go they have a lot of those big songs we talked about on that one if i ever have a crazy awesome band i'm gonna name my compilation album like banger collection <laughs> Yeah, Dang I mean, collection what, volume that's, one. Exactly. That's what Hymns of Victory translates to, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just make it less uh, cool. Less cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That, that was a lot of versions. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's definitely okay. Uh, who else should we talk about? Let's talk about uh, Twisted Tower Dire. We, we, we mentioned these guys a couple episodes ago. Uh, I think there was a discrepancy on whether or not they're USPM or EOPM. Good. Uh, Good. Who cares? Because they're fucking great. Their new album was awesome. Uh, What do you have to say about that? So I am a huge, huge fan of Twisted Tower Dire. I think uh, it's it's funny that that you mentioned that. I I listened to that uh, podcast that you guys put out with them in it. So uh, I definitely consider them USPM, but it's good that you guys bring up that point because I definitely think there's a huge amount of crossover and I think uh, they definitely have some EUPM elements, right? So um, they're super melodic, lots of really catchy choruses, sing-along stuff that um, you kind of find in in EUPM, but uh, there's no keyboards. Uh, It's always riffs at the center. Uh, They're a little bit up-tempo, so uh, there's a lot of overlap in both um, great band. So uh, one thing about them is is they kind of started up when USPM was definitely at its lowest point. Um, so they were one of the only bands uh, putting out this kind of stuff in like uh, you know late '90s, early early 2000s. So um, they were always doing their own thing. And I think um, if if you're gonna give them a listen, uh, their newest album isn't so bad. Um, but my favorites are uh, their second and third album, which would be um, the Isle of Hydra and uh, my number one album from them being Crest of the Martyr. Really good stuff. They had like a pretty big gap in between albums, didn't they? Because they've been around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it was seven or eight years uh, from wow. this one to the last one. So, uh, yeah. But 
hey, I'm, I'm glad they're back. I hope they do some live shows, um, some more live shows anyways. Uh, they're a great band. Yeah, they just played uh, that festival in Chicago, right? Yeah, I think they were at uh, Legions of Metal. I couldn't, unfortunately couldn't go because uh, you know, I just started a new job, coming back from Keep mm-hmm. It True. But uh, great festival. Um, they, they're they definitely highlight a lot of USPM or USPM influenced bands. Um, and I'm definitely going to that one next year. So keep an eye out for yeah. legions of metal in Chicago. I was, I was bummed. I couldn't make it out there. They had a great fucking set list. Oh yeah. It was do, stacked. Do they light swords on fire during their live shows? Oh, that would be a little nuts. That, that would be a show to see, right? <laughs> All right, what other bands would you think it's like easiest for uh, the EUPM fan and all of us to get into? Definitely gonna go with Visigoth. So Visigoth are uh, what I would I think Visigoth out of the newer bands is the single biggest band uh, that has some semblance of U.S. power metal and epic heavy metal influence. Um, and I think their vocalist Jake Rogers is uh, the best the best vocalist in this modern scene right now he's absolutely insane um so they're a super catchy band their production's really clean um their songs are really catchy so they're they're really easy to get into and i think uh, if you don't know visigoth already go ahead and give them a listen i think they will be um, a good gateway band uh so uh, and and uh, we just mentioned twisted tower dyers so they take a lot of influence from them as well so uh, just a great band yeah definite similarities there Visigoth blew the fuck up they did, like, and I'm, I'm nowhere, so so happy almost. for them. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think of like the American power metal bands. They they're definitely on the rise. I know Conquer's Oath was one of our favorites of last year. Uh, we we gave it uh, some uh, some high praise with the. Uh, I think we gave what was it? Traitor's Gate was like one of our songs of the year. Oh my god, that that's my favorite Visigoth song. Um, I think they're very very talented. So you know, I have a couple criticisms of Visigoth. I wish they. Uh, you know, we're a little less uh, squeaky clean, but um, they're great. They're really fun. Uh, Jake is a superb vocalist. Riffs are are uh, pretty good. So, um, and what I really like about them is, uh, like you mentioned, that they've blown up. A lot of people enjoy them, and uh, they're one of they're they're fantastic flag bearers. They love the scene. They're super passionate. They constantly bring up other bands, um, and it's been uh, awesome to see that. Yeah, I highly recommend their song Dungeon Master. I was talking about D&D earlier. Uh, I really need to to get my group on that song, even if they're not metal people. Just throw it in their face. It's a really, you know, throw roll the dice, throw take a chance. The, uh, the role-playing playlist. So um, do you guys like Dark Souls? I fucking love Dark Souls. I was about to say How is that EP? their new EP. Yeah, so so their newest EP is about Dark Souls. Uh, they're two great tracks. Uh, Abyss Walker is one of my favorite Visigoth songs now. Um, and the artwork is done by uh, my good friend that I mentioned earlier, Karmazid. Uh, he is a super, super talented artist. And uh, that uh, that EP is fantastic. Definitely check it out uh, if you haven't already. Uh, what I will say about, I don't like Conqueror's Oath as much as the Revenant King, but I think that's awesome that there are people, uh, the, the the decision is like super split on which album is better. They're both yeah, good. Yeah, two different styles. But yeah, yeah I, I love that that there's so much argument amongst people about which album is better. Some people are diehard for Conqueror's Oath and a lot of people are diehard for Revenant King. And I think that's super cool that, you know, both of the albums are so good, but in different ways that they've got diehard fans for both of them. Totally. Yeah. I really like them both. I think I give the edge to Conqueror's Oath. So I'm going to be the odd one out here and go ahead and say uh, it's the Revenant King. 
No, so I, I like the Rev- Revenant King better too. Oh, all right. So we win. I, oh, so, oh, so I lose this I, fight. I thought okay. the Revenant King kept the energy up a lot more consistently than Conqueror's Oath did. But I've heard people tell me the exact opposite, and they thought Conqueror's Oath kept the energy up a lot better than Revenant so, King so did. I think, so I think Revenant King is a little bit more bloated. It's a little bit longer. The tracks can be trimmed a bit, but uh, it's a little bit more epic. It's got more U.S. power metal influence, a little bit doomier. I like the songwriting a little bit more. Uh, Conqueror's Oath has some absolute bangers like Traitor's Gate. Uh, it's a little bit more Euro power influence, like a little bit of that Grave Digger sound comes out there. Um, but I like them both. I think the new EP is a good mix between the two styles. It's only two songs, right? But Yeah, it's um, only two songs. Great it's bands. like 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the new EP has amazing artwork. I got to say shout out to your dude. I love the Artorias. You got the serpents on there. There's so many cool details for... Uh, Fans of Dark Souls. Absolutely. Which I was just telling fucking Paladin to do <laughs> Dark Souls songs. Yeah. And now here we are. Busy God coming through. Thank you, Paladin, for humoring me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I also see that you mentioned Iron Flame in our notes that don't exist. They're, uh, they're from Portland? I don't know I where think. they're from. <laughs> yeah, they're they're American. Um, so they have a singular songwriter, uh, Andrew DeCagna. I hope I'm saying that right. He's in a bunch of other projects. Um, but he's been really churning out this Iron Flame stuff. Seems like they're on track for an album a year. But uh, so they really are in that Visigoth, Twisted Tower, Dire style of sound. Uh, super catchy choruses, sing along stuff. Uh, really melodic, but no keyboards. So um, it's a little bit on that. A line between U.S. power metal and European power metal. Wait, is he the only guy in the band? Iron- no, so he writes uh, His- all the songs, but they ha- they have other people. So he doesn't do oh, okay. any guitar solos. He writes everything but the guitar solos, I think, and he does the vocals. His uh, his credits on their debut album is all instruments, vocals, and lyrics. Yeah, I- <laughs> that's quite the credit. <laughs> and then his credit on the 2018 album is just everything. Ooh, at least well, on Metal Archives. This, this is just what Metal Archives says, so grain of salt, obviously. I think he doesn't do the solos. But it doesn't usually just say everything. I think um, Dafka. Like, I've got Lightning Strikes the Crown downstairs, but I'd have to check. Sam, I have it in my in my uh, record collection as well. I could take a look later. But um, I'm pretty sure Jim Dafka, uh, who is also in a U.S. power metal band um, called Dafka, you know, named after himself, um, he, does the, he does the guitar solos for Iron Flame, at least for this last album he did. Iron Flame, not to be confused with Iron Fire, the EU power metal yes, band. Yes. Iron Fire had a pretty good album recently. Did they? That yeah. wasn't like crazy. I didn't. Uh, it was oh yeah, really consistent. Yeah, their good. newest album was a classic, was a, a comeback. I'd say. Not to talk about that because that's not the topic of the episode. I just um, always get those two confused. I forget which one's. Yeah, which. I can. I can see why. Uh, Iron Flame, yeah. though. Iron Flame is great. I I love Iron Flame. Um, it's very much something I have to be in the mood to listen to, though. I agree. Um, but I agree. what they do is very well done. Or what he does, I guess. It's very well done. Yeah. Um, a band that I confuse with Iron Flame for some reason frequently is actually Silver Talon. I don't really know why. They're not really... Silver Talon. They don't... The name isn't anywhere near the same. They're also... They're Portland, aren't they? They're just the traditional... Yeah, Silver Talon's Portland. Right. So maybe that's why you thought Iron Flame was Portland? I think that might have been it. I confused the bands for some reason. Probably because they came out around the same time, if I had to guess. Ah. Uh. I think I think so. The last couple of years, 2018, 2017. Alrighty. Uh, any other like easy EUPM uh, bands or albums uh, you rec or USPM albums that'd be easy for EUPM fans to get into? Yeah, just in case we haven't given enough albums already. Um, no, nah, we haven't. 
I think uh, Crescent Shields, they're great. So they were also active kind of before the boom of traditional metal that we've seen in the last uh, five to 10 years. Uh, so they put out two albums, 2006 and 2009. Um, yeah, the, like we have like a new wave of traditional heavy metal is, is what I hear people call it. Yep. And there's a very good channel run by my friend Anderson called New Wave of Traditional Heavy Metal Full Albums. How about that? Oh, no awesome full albums guy. So go ahead and check that out on YouTube. I like his, I like his channel. I like that. Yeah, guy. he's a really great guy. Super passionate. I met him at Keep It True and uh, um, he's a he's been a really early supporter of Riding and Glory and he's just such a wonderful dude. Can't say enough good things about him. Let's keep and it what true. He's doing for the scene. Let's keep it true like your Mecca. It is the Mecca. And next year <laughs> I'll be going to the other Mecca. Um, uh, what is it? Up the hammers in, in Greece. That's the that's the other big one for for the style of music. Nice. Keep it true. That's but great. yeah, so so Crescent Shield are a more modern take on on U.S. power metal. They kind of predate Visigoth, right? So they're they're like a little bit of that Visigoth style. They're a little bit faster than Visigoth. They have some more progressive elements. Great vocals. Um, unfortunately, their their uh, vocalist uh, passed away, um, and so the, so the, so the band had to break up. But um, Michael Grant, fantastic vocal talent. He was also in Onward, um, if you guys have ever listened to that band. Um, this sounds really familiar. I think someone like recommended Crescent Shield to us on Facebook a while back. Was it me? And we kind of put two and two together, but it's the same guy as in Onward. I feel like Stella is going to listen to this and get super pissed at us for not putting uh, all this together. For but not remembering. Yeah. Yeah, because this sounds super familiar. Has she, does she like uh, Crescent Shield? I could see Stella liking it. I don't know. Yeah, she's a bigger USPM person than the rest of us, like combined. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I, th- so I think I'm pretty sure she knows this one. I think both of their albums have pretty pretty good uh, cr- crossover. Um, they're about 50 minute long albums uh, that kind of ride that line between US and EU, kind of leaning a bit more towards US. Awesome, and I, I think this talk kind of brings us into what the modern scene of uspm looks like like we started out with a lot of the the legends the the crimson glories the jag panzers it's some of whom are still around and kicking today jag panzer is going to be at prog power so that'll be sick oh yeah but uh, who, who would you say are the are the the eternal champions of the modern day hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey. that's a what well, a segue uh, well we touched on one earlier the biggest one's visigoth and then the other one is is eternal champion uh, so, Internal Champion are, are more epic heavy metal in the style of Manila Road, but I think it's fair to say that they have a huge, huge amount of influence from U.S. power metal. So, um, you know, Jason Tarpy, their front man and kind of, kind of like a main driving force. He's a huge U.S. power metal fan, a great guy. Um, so, their debut album, The Armor Ire, is very popular. It's very good stuff. Um, great, great vocals, great riffs. Um, just that kind of got that classic power metal edge to it um but i think uh, both if them you look at the artwork for album of aria yes <laughs> look at the artwork for album of or for the armor of ire and it just looks exactly like uh, something from the it's 80s USPM, like condensed yeah. into artwork yeah so so into one picture jason is a huge fan of sword and sorcery so the elric and that conan stuff so he mm. kind of took that vibe and i think uh that's what they they pitched adam burke uh, who did that artwork with uh, you know kind of it has that frank verzetta uh, vibe to it but you know a little bit more of that blue and vibrant colors um great it's all, the, that, um, all the bullet points uh barbarian with baby oil oh yeah naked lady holding on to him a sword. There's a disembodied sun. head. There's a sword. And the font for, for their castle. logo. The font for their logo. Oh, the it's swords. Yeah, well, it's it's the also... The E's and the, the E and the C. It's also based on some old sword and sorcery. Uh, I forget the exact 
book it's based on, but they basically take that font exactly and make it their logo. Um, nice. So they have they're drenched in that classic, um, you know, fantasy literature aesthetic. Yeah. So that's part of the reason I think they're they're so great, right? They're so passionate. They clearly love the scene. Their lyrics are fantastic. They have the aesthetic, the charisma, um, and they they bring all these bands up with them. So I think both them and Visigoth are you know the best we could possibly ask for in terms of uh, flag bearers of the scene. And I, um, they're both excellent bands. I, I think Eternal Champion was the first new epic metal. What are we calling this? New, I, I guess Nawatham, call it epic heavy, I guess. Yeah. Epic oh, heavy new metal. wave of traditional heavy metal, whatever. Yeah, what, what are, whatever we're going to call it. I think yeah, Eternal yeah, Champion sure, was sure. one of the first bands from it that I listened to. Yeah, they're, um, they're fantastic. I think they're introducing a lot of people to epic heavy metal. Um, they're, uh, Jason was so kind to participate in a feature w- uh, that we're going to be running. Uh, we, as in Ride into Glory, are going to be running uh, next month on epic heavy metal. So, oh, cool. Um, super, super excited. I love this uh, sound, and I think uh, them and Visigoth are, are doing a great job. Now, while we're on the topic of new wave of traditional heavy metal, can we get your hot take on Dream Troll? How Dream do you feel Troll. about them? Yeah, it's, it's okay. I it's it out. a similar style, but a very different approach to it. Yeah, I, I, I like a little bit more of that serious uh, edge that Eternal Champion and them bring. I think uh, Dream Troll was all right. I checked them out a couple times, but I uh, haven't really felt the need to go back. Uh, I guess that's my opinion. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. What do you? How do? How do you guys feel about them? Dream Trolls. They're they're an interesting one. I like. I like their silly music video that they just put out. Oh, I haven't, I haven't checked it out. Their dedication to the aesthetic is uh, admirable. Um, I, I really liked the debut and the EP. Um, I was really looking forward to the new album that just came out, but I think it kind of fell a little flat. Um, it's basically just the EP, but an hour long instead of 27 minutes. I haven't listened to the new album yet. I need to. There's not really anything new sounding on it. It's just their generic 80s aesthetic in music kind of deal for 40 minutes, which is good. They do it well. I was just kind of expecting a little bit more from them. That's fair. But I think that's the consistent criticism that they get. That they're just kind of doing like their thing. Yeah, they're just doing the 80s nostalgia thing. Which I don't think they are really trying to be much more than that. But that's kind of another thing. I think that segues into to another band we could talk about. Uh, Skeletor. Have you, are you guys familiar with them? I I was just thinking about Skeletor. I didn't listen to it yet. Yeah. So Skeletor. But I've heard it was good. Started in the early 2000s. They kind of um, muddled around until 2008 where they released their debut, which kind of had some uh, re-recorded songs. Um, I'm a really big fan of their compilation from then to called Time of the Sword Rulers. But uh, so they have been around since the early 2000s playing U.S. power metal, kind of more up tempo, a little bit more on that epic side. So um, they share a lot of similarities with uh, Domain. So I uh, love Domain. If you like, yeah, if you like that mid era Domain, you know, Storm- Stormbringer Ruler, they kind of have that sound, but a little bit more American, if that makes sense. So they're putting out an album this year called Cyber Metal. It's uh, one of their better albums, actually. It's very U.S. power metal influenced, uh, but very accessible. And uh, it's it's pretty good. Got some solid songs on it. Got some really uh, 80s throwback stuff um, with, uh, you know, lyrics about Akira and Fists of the Ooh. North Star, if you're a big weeb or whatever. Um, cool band. It's got sweet art, too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one's out um, just last week, I think. Yeah, it just came out. I've been meaning to listen to it. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid. I think uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I'm gonna put it on right now. This is really cool art, though. It's got like a cyborg samurai cutting apart a bunch of like 
Japanese folk demons. Yeah, I think that's... Would, uh, would you consider um, Espionage from last year as a USPM? I don't know if I... I don't remember listening to that. Oh, I might, their, I might their have. Their album was, uh, was a Digital Dystopia? Yeah, Digital Dystopia. I think that it was, was all right. Dang, I should have uh, listened to it again. Um, it was pretty, it's pretty all right. Uh, I think you would fit. like it. I, I don't... I don't remember it enough to really, really comment deeply on it, unfortunately. Yeah, because I remember uh, really liking that one last year. They're from Australia, I think. So I feel like you don't realize you get that from Australia. Yeah. Another good one from this year alone was uh, Traveler. I think that was one of our favorites from the yeah, first Traveler uh, was few really months. Good yeah, Traveler was really good. So Traveler, I think, were the big standout album from early on in the year. So uh, I played the ever-living shit out of that oh, album. Oh, yeah. I had that on at least once a day for like a solid month. Yeah, I, I burnt out a little bit on it, but um, it's still very, very good. Um, and they're a great live band. Uh, so they played a Keep It True as well, and they absolutely slayed. Very, very tight performance. Um, they're blowing up, too. Good for them. I see a lot of hype around them. Yeah, yeah, dude, I've been hyping them since since the demo, and I'm so happy to see um, their success. Very well deserved. They're number one on our medals list so far for the year, right? Yeah, I've been I've been um, lobbying for that one, making super sure super surprising people go <laughs> uh, with like the mountains of black yeah, metal. Yeah, I'm super and then surprised. At the very tippy top, yeah, is, man, uh, like that's... a traditional kind of USPME album. I'm surprised that Idle Hands is up there too. Honestly, I love the Idle Hands album, but I did not expect our metal to put them in top ten. Though that one's catchy. I think I think it has a lot of crossover appeal to other people. So the gimmick wore off pretty quickly for me on Idle Hands. But um, oh, okay, going. Going back to Traveler, uh, it's a great album. I wouldn't call it strictly U.S. power metal. I think it's more just uh, heavier speed metal. But uh, definitely those guys love uh, their USPM, and I, I know that for a fact. So um, I definitely hear a little bit of that USPM influence there. Um, now we're just grueling you on new albums. Keep going. How about, uh, how about the new Smolder album? Smolder? Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm pretty... That? Pretty good friends with with most of the Smolder. Oh, okay, um, they're all wonderful, wonderful people. I can't say enough good things about them, and uh, I'm so happy to see them also blowing up. So, Smolder is kind of epic heavy metal, epic doom metal uh, with a little bit of power metal edge. Uh, so those guys love their underground metal scene. They're super passionate about it all. Um, I don't know if I'd really consider it U.S. power metal. I think uh, there's one faster paced song on it that kind of fits the mold. Uh, fits the mold. Uh, Bastard Steel, the one about Jon Snow. It's a great track. All right, that's a cool song name. I like that. Yeah, but uh, even if you guys aren't typically a fan of that doomier stuff, Smolder are a fantastic band, uh, and they're wonderful people, and they support the scene very well. So um, I suggest you guys check them out. And their newest album is yet another uh, Eternal Champion album aesthetic. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so they um, commissioned the art from uh, Michael Willen. So, so they licensed it rather. And um, oh, it's licensed their opening track. Yeah, it's licensed, but it's amazing. Huh. Absolutely amazing. Looks looks great on, on a record, on a poster. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure, yeah. Getting that blown yeah. up. That'd be nice on a wall. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, they have great lyrics, uh, great production, great aesthetic. Uh, just a fantastic band. I got to know, what's your take on... Uh, correct my pronunciation on Chevalier. Chevalier. Yeah. It's, it's the French so, pronunciation. I told you. Man, we can we can argue about this one a long time. I know I know people aren't so hot on it or whatever. So uh, let me explain a little bit of the reasoning and and thought behind Chevalier. So uh, I'll start the, by, in general or the new album. Uh, in general and and the new album. So okay, I am a fan of it. Uh, it's one of my favorites this year. So uh, kind of what Chevalier is is going for is. Uh, they're huge fans of uh, Brokus Helm. 
So they're trying to get that magic that that you find on uh, Black Death, right? That 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 production. It's pretty hard. So um, they're also huge fans of uh, Satan's Host. Um, so they are another more obscure U.S. power metal band, but they have a pretty dark and wonky debut album. So those are the two main influences from a production side. And so the way Chevalier record is they record live. They don't do it in a studio. It's it's in their live playroom. So that's that's kind of how you get that sound. But I thought the album was a little dense, a little bit bloated. Um, I don't think it needed all those intros, but uh, the songwriting is phenomenal. Uh, Road of Light in particular is, is one of my favorite songs this year. Um, and again, those guys really support the scene. Uh, Tommy's a great dude. Um, the songwriter and guitarist, is a, he's, he's a great dude. Um, so I can see why people aren't fans of it. Um, and it's definitely not something that a typical Euro Power uh, fan will, will enjoy. But um, you give it a shot. It's, a, it's an either love it or hate it album. Yeah, it's it's very rough. Um like you said, it's it's very rough, but I think it's very good. I don't know what about it is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well it, it riffs really damn hard. I can tell you what's good about it. There's, it riffs really damn hard, and each instrument is crazy. As as someone who's not huge into USPM, I, I couldn't tell you what was good about it, but I, I was listening to it, and I'm like, there's something special on this album. Like I can just feel yes. it. I don't know what it is, but there's just something special on that album. It's hidden underneath the sure. production. <laughs> hidden hidden underneath like it, the. Uh, I have mixed feelings. Yes. Yeah, so, so hidden um, underneath the roughness, there's something special there. Diamond, yeah, for sure, Diamond take, in the Rough album. Yeah. So it's similar to Demon Bitch from 2016. Same exact thing. It's, yeah. Uh, it's if you like Demon Bitch, you're gonna like this. And one. Demon Bitch eventually grew on me. Yeah. Demon so, Bitch eventually grew on me. I have a shirt. I have a shirt. I yeah, like Demon Bitch enough to get a shirt. So that's one of my favorite albums last decade. I know that might be controversial with some of you, but uh, so it's it's really good stuff. It's not strictly USPM, so they they take a lot of influence from bands like Brokus Helm and Omen, uh, right? Uh, they even had the Omen guitarist come do a, a guest solo on this one, but they also take a lot of influence from French bands, right? That's why they named Chevalier. Uh, they take influence from like ADX, uh, Sortilage, uh, stuff like that. So um, I, I love them. I think. They're a great band, but definitely hit or miss. Yeah, I think they were Stella's album of the year so far. Not, not to no, speak for no, she likes Smolder better. Stella. <laughs> she, uh, which one? She likes Smolder better than um, oh, Chevalier. What if we're just totally wrong? <laughs> That's okay. Stella can correct us later. <laughs> she will sure. correct us later. She'll probably make a, a long, extensive post in the notes. Yeah, I would. Uh, there's no problems. You're welcome to. All right. Well, we've been going for almost an hour and a half. We've talked about dozens of bands. We got a little rambly there for a little bit, but you know, it was, it's that's all why good. people listen to us because we ramble. Yeah. Apologies. I, I do get excited about this topic. Yeah. So we, we mentioned that we're going to close this with if we had to pick five albums for people to jump into from this whole fucking mess that we've talked about today, uh, what would that be? Mm. So a uh, mix of newer, older, just everything. Doesn't matter. All right. So I think. If I have to pick five albums, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the classics. No new bands, even though they're great. Um, so if I had to say the very first album you should check out is Riot's Thundersteel. I think people will really like that one. Um, it's a classic. People uh, already enjoy it um, for, for the most part. right? So uh, Riot Thundersteel is my first pick. Uh, the second one would be Sabotage, Hall of the Mountain King. Uh, again, uh, Sabotage also touches on both sides, right? So it's pretty aggressive, but still melodic. Um, a lot of really good riffs, really good vocals. 
Uh, then I would also recommend Warlord Deliver Us. So it's not an album. It's a long EP, uh, like, you know, 26 minutes, right? But super melodic, really good keyboards, really good vocals, really, really good song structures. It's got good mid-paced stuff. Uh, it's one of the earliest uh, pure power metal recordings ever. Uh, it's a huge influence on those early European power metal bands. So cannot stress that uh, release enough as well. Uh, then if uh, for my fourth pick, it would be Crimson Glory's self-titled. Uh, it's some of the best melodic power metal ever. Uh, again, just at Midnight, the vocalist, is my favorite metal vocalist, full stop. Um, just a fantastic record. And then the final one uh, that, I'll get, that I'll give people is uh, Liege Lord Master Control. So this one is a bit more on the aggressive side, but it's still very, very accessible. Um, it's got a little bit of thrashiness. It's really good songs, good length. And the vocalist sounds like Bruce Dickinson. So what else do you need? <laughs> That's beautiful. All right, Marco. Well, well, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, we've got uh, one one last wait, little little thing for you to do, and that's just to tell our listeners to stay powerful. All right, guys, stay powerful. Woo, stay powerful. Thanks, Marco. Excellent. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, to the listeners, if you guys haven't already, be sure to check out Marco's blog, Ride Into Glory. It's got a lot of quality content over there. Have you wanted to learn about the demos that formed the early roots of USPM? Well, you can <laughs> just go to ridingtheglory.com.